0: Star Wars 7x7 episode 374. Today, we are breaking format to give you a detailed breakdown of the behind-the-scenes video showed at San Diego Comic-Con. Punch it, Chewie. No traps. No moisture. No committees. Just rebel-rousing fun for everyday Jedi. It's the Star Wars 7x7 podcast. With your host, Alan Voivod. Destiny unleashed. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host Alan Voivod, and as we mentioned yesterday in the Force Awakens Weekly Update episode number 373, and what are we at, 158 days left now? Oh man. Um, (laughs) The -the behind-the-scenes video that was shown at Comic-Con, this is also known as the Force Awakens Comic-Con 2015 reel, actually gave us probably more... Than we would have gotten from an actual trailer. I know people were disappointed that they weren't getting a trailer and I guess the word is, is that we're going to get it in the fall. And of course the D23 Disney Expo is happening in August so that's not exactly the fall so that suggests that we might have to wait a little longer than that. But supposedly they're supposed to do something very Star Warsy at that conference as well. So I guess we uh, now have a guessing game as to what that's going to be. But I digress. We have a ton of stuff from the behind-the-scenes reel, which was uh, three minutes and change. And I'm going to go through and dissect it for you. And if there are, oh gosh, I guess details that... Um, that you don't necessarily want to hear and don't want to uh, study that closely for uh, in order to pick them up, then maybe this one isn't for you. This is a non-spoiler edition of the podcast, so uh, I may mention things that were revealed with spoilers in the past. However, I will only mention it in context of if something is shown in the video to say this was shown and hey, this had actually been announced as a spoiler previously, so... Like I said, we're going to deep dive into it. And it starts with a few quick shots of the camera rolling on action for different scenes in the movie. I can't say that I know what some of the things mean on the clapboards, but we were able to pull numbers off of them, so if you happen to be a movie buff and you are interested in these sorts of things, we will have the roll and the scene and the take Listed for the ones that you can tell. You can't really tell with the desert one that comes up first. Um, we'll have that listed in the blog post for the show's episode at SW7x7.com. It looks like they also indicate whether it's A-Roll a, a role or B-Roll that they're shooting. A-Roll meaning with uh, the actors themselves, and B-Roll meaning just uh, additional footage that is not necessarily part of what's going on with the actors. Uh, but you see, of course, uh, the desert of Jakku. Then you see the interior of the Millennium Falcon. You see a hallway, which is probably Imperial just by its design. And then we get a wonderful shot of R2-D2, always good to see him. Um, Then we get the Imperial shuttle that we remember from the original teaser trailer with all of the First Order stormtroopers loaded up. And then we get two aliens, and these are likely aliens hanging around in Maz Kanata's castle. That is supposition more than anything else. And this is all happening in quick little flashes over that music that kind of sounds like that... Um, that cover of Mad World by Tears for Fears, if you remember that one, that very slow piano-y one, uh, reminded very strongly of that. But. And then it blanks out and then it gives us four different views of a crashed TIE Fighter. And first of all, we get one that looks like it's been a uh, painting, a concept art thing. Then we get a little uncolored model crashed into a little sand pit that looks like a little uh, Zen Rock Garden kind of thing. And then we get what appears to be a close up of an actual built crashed TIE fighter, followed by one last shot, which appears to be taken from a distance with a sun shimmer and fire burning in the TIE fighter. And presumably, this is meant to illustrate the next point where you start hearing the voiceover about how there are practical effects and how they keep hitting this point. And I guess you and I, as avid Star Wars fans, are hearing you know tons of things about you know very little CGI or you know limited CGI and favoring practical effects and real sets and tangible uh, goodies and whatnot. And you know maybe that's something where like I'm kind of getting tired of them hitting that point <laughs> over and over again, and you might be too. But you know we're we're the hyper aware fans. You know not the rest of the world isn't necessarily aware of these things. And so maybe we've got to give the, uh, uh, the folks making this a little bit more license in order to get the point across. And, you know, there was something that was pointed out to us on Twitter, um, pointed out to me, I should say about, uh, somebody's theory called the Weta effect where digital, um, CGI stuff is becoming less and less believable and there's a longer explanation for it. I don't know if that's exactly the case. I think uh, the, the gist is that we can't suspend disbelief anymore because of of the digital creations are no longer believable somehow. I think it's that the I mean everything can be made, and so you know we already assume a that it's believable to begin with. I guess to some degree uh, because it looks so real, and so ultimately what happens is it just becomes kind of just the same thing over and over again like we're just you know how far can you beat us up in our senses I think you know one of the one of the huge uh, situations where that happened is with Man of Steel like that final battle sequence was just so brutal and took so long that it just kind of wore you down Um, you know whether this is all in service of story or whether it's actually something that resembles something that could happen In real life, or whether it just seems like a video game, um, these sorts of things factor in, I think, too. And I think that's why we keep hearing this whole thing about real sets, you know, and real creatures and um, practical, tangible effects and whatnot, that they just want to hammer that point home because they want it to be believable. They want us to, you know, not. Not think of it probably as, like, the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. They're probably trying to distance themselves from that, too. I'm sure that's the case. And the best of Star Wars, I think, was the inventiveness of the of the practical effects that they did. Um, not, you know, not at the exclusion of everything else, of course. But just the fact that when you have creative limitations that inspires you to do really amazing things sometimes. And I have a feeling that this is what is really going on behind the scenes, that they've set themselves creative limitations. And sure, you could just you know throw money at a computer and figure it out. But with a creative limitation, you're going to come up with something that is altogether more remarkable. And then in the midst of all of these additional shots, a uh, what looks like a digital graphic of the Falcon with two shadowy figures standing at the ramp and of uh, the Falcon's interior to a creature workshop with uh, Mon Calamari sketches in the background and uh, then BB-8 in the Millennium Falcon. It's a shot that we saw from the second trailer. We get Mark Hamill doing this interesting voiceover. This is just a piece of it. You've been here... But you don't know this story. Nothing's changed, really. I mean, everything's changed, but nothing's changed. That's the way you want it to be, really. Which is uh, appropriately mysterious and intriguing. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about this whole thing. That's how I want it to be, too. So we get a quick cut to a First Order Stormtrooper hastily rushing Poe Dameron down one hallway and down another, and by the way, if that jacket that Poe is wearing looks familiar, you've, you're not mistaken, you've seen it on Finn when he is down on Jakku, so that's a really intriguing bit of information, and, uh, yeah, I wonder how <laughs> I wonder how that happens. Um actually I'm saying that from the non-spoiler perspective. Um there are spoilers that suggest how um that might have happened that are out there for you to find if you want to go looking for them. But again, we are doing this as a non-spoiler thing, but hey, that jacket is the one and uh we've seen that jacket not just in the uh in the trailer but in the Uh, Force Awakens exhibit that was at Star Wars Celebration as well as the concept art that accompanied uh, Finn's costume there too. Then we get a shot of Lupita Nyong'o bobbing her head around in the uh, motion capture frame uh, that's around her head and uh, you know nothing necessarily new there and then we get a picture of a couple of people putting C-3PO together in costume and interestingly now you can't necessarily tell for sure because his left arm could be in shadow but C-3PO's left arm does not look to be the same color as the rest of him, and uh, it turns out that it's not, uh, because we will see that a little bit later inside this trailer. And then we get a bunch of Jakku stuff, uh, with the cast on the set and J.J. Abrams saying how amazing it is that they are about to start shooting Star Wars 7, which is really (laughs) amazing. That would have been a terrific day to be at the set. I can't imagine how exciting that must have been. Um, then they have some test footage, it looks like, because it's uh, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega, and they are definitely not in costume. Uh, they are in you know tank tops, t-shirts, and shorts, and running uh, through the desert and toward a thing that suddenly explodes, and then they have to turn around, and quickly it cuts to... Uh, the Imperial March music, and we see a scene with an X-Wing that is on the ground, and there's something off in the uh, in the right-hand corner that looks potentially like uh, part of a village that we will see later on in this behind-the-scenes video, and somebody running away from the X-Wing, running behind it and uh, with tracking cameras, and I'm guessing that's Poe. Uh, it's kind of hard to tell because he is in shadow, but it certainly looks like it might well be him um but he may be running where we see the flame troopers later on and then we have a scene of kylo ren getting off a shuttle or what we presume to be some sort of shuttle. Really, there's just a ramp and then a bunch of green screen behind it along with a couple of First Order stormtroopers standing guard at the entrance to the shuttle. And then we see said flame trooper and uh, just laying waste to a village. And that's the same flame trooper outfit that we saw at the Celebration Anaheim Force Awakens exhibit as well. So now that has been brought into moving action. And finally, for this segment, we cut to Simon Pegg, who is, it was really on set. It turns out it was true. Uh, he is in the desert, and it's coming toward nightfall, and he talks about how he is in heaven, and, yeah, that must be so. Uh, then we have another cut to the making of Chewie's mask, and them talking about how uh, his costume is getting worn out because anytime somebody sees him, he wants to hug him. And, <laughs> again, I can't blame him. And then we cut to Peter Mayhew in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon taking the Chewbacca mask off between takes, and he says... "Getting back to the old days, the old ways of doing things. No. And after that, they show him in the cockpit being tended to, or at least having his costume intended to, and Daisy Ridley is in the cockpit with him. Now, this gave me a moment of wondering, you know, how many for the uh, times for these behind-the-scenes shots did they actually have somebody pop into a scene where uh, maybe they weren't supposed to be there, but I can't imagine that it really happened that often. I mean, I'm quite certain that if Daisy Ridley is in the cockpit here, that that means that she and Chewbacca are actually in the cockpit at some point together in the movie. Again, this is supposition. This is not based on rumors or spoilers, but you know, why would she be in there if she wasn't uh, going to be in there in the movie? Now, she's just wearing a, a hoodie. She's not Necessarily in costume, unless her costume is actually underneath that uh, that zip-up sweatshirt there, but indicative of something to be sure. So then we're treated to another series of of shots of creatures and a discussion of the practicality and the tangibility of what is being built for the new movie. And we see a peg leg alien walking, uh, walking and being helped along. Uh, presumably, it's not easy to walk in that thing. And if you look really close, you'll see that. He walks by a pink astromech droid, and that looks pretty much like it's R2KT, which is the uh, the astromech droid that was created in honor of Albin Johnson's daughter, Katie. Albin Johnson being the founder of the 501st Legion. And uh, also you'll see, like, in tables back behind that, it looks like R5 astromech droid heads. Um, we get the um, creature heads being created. We have somebody... Um, who is working on stormtrooper armor, there's a very tall-necked alien <laughs> who looks like he's smoking a hookah or, or, uh, or just has a breathing tube <laughs> piped in, where the person's head who's underneath it is actually way down at the neck, um, and somebody working uh, in great detail on an X-Wing helmet, uh, at least uh, some sort of uh, resistance fighter helmet. And more desert aliens, somebody in a gonk droid costume. And then we get Simon Pegg again, wearing the body of some alien and uh, without a head. And he's clearly having a a tough time of it in the desert with a washcloth on his head. And he says, I burn for Star Wars. Actually, I'll let him tell you that. Star Wars. I burn for Star Wars. (laughs) And then there's this quote, which I think is probably the one that makes me the happiest of all. This is from a guy who is one of the builders on the set. You don't get to build an X-Wing every day or a Millennium Falcon. Every day I come to work smiling. Now that's one I can truly identify with. And I imagine you would be exactly the same way if you were working on set. And then there's another quote right after from John Boyega, which I think summarizes what the flip side of the coin would be. You have to pause, take a breath, slow down, and really not freak out. I think I felt like that about probably 600 times during Star Wars Celebration alone. (laughs) Oh, man. What it must be like to be inside that. Oh, anyway. Um... In addition to uh, this, we've also had a scene of a red-helmeted alien inside the uh, the creature workshop uh, with possibly a little uh, dubbed-in voice with it. And you get a quick shot of the Imperial shuttle that we saw in the first teaser trailer with all the First Order stormtroopers inside of it. And then a shot from inside the camera. It looks like they're reviewing dailies of a couple of red-helmeted troopers running Quickly down a corridor. These are not the same red helmeted uh, folks that you saw in the creature workshop. Uh, it looks like I'm. It looks like it could be the word Colin, of all things uh, underneath it. In it's kind of cut off, so it's hard to say for sure but that's kind of what it looks like if you have a guess for what the letters are underneath it in a very specific Star Wars-y script, then by all means drop them in the comments for the uh, blog post for the show's episode at SW7x7.com and then we see Daisy Ridley going to something that looks very much like a mock-up of the Millennium Falcon's cockpit and it turns out that it's actually kind of like a thrill ride (laughs) an unbuilt or an incompletely built thrill ride uh, that gyroscopes her around um, with Millennium Falcon sound effects actually played in the background. So does that mean that she's at the controls of the Millennium, uh, of the millennium Falcon? <laughs> um, that would certainly be my guess with it. And that seems to be, um, not, well, how shall I say it? Uh, Later on in the, in the, in the, uh, the behind-the-scenes reel, you'll actually see her in the cockpit for a third time. We've already seen her once with Chewie, and you'll see her again. So it seems pretty clear to me that she is going to be in that cockpit. But in this instance, it looks like she is actually flying the Millennium Falcon itself. Uh, This does play into other uh, rumors and spoilers that have suggested something about um, her flying the Millennium Falcon and why or how she is flying it. So, again, not going to get into that, but if you want to dive deeper, those rumors and spoilers are out there for you to explore. And after that, as the ending of the action sequence stuff, we cut to about a dozen First Order stormtroopers picking their way through some uh, rubble and... blasted structures with fire and there's forest in the background and this looks like it could be similar to the photo that we saw of Captain Phasma's character in the Vanity Fair cover story a couple of months ago um that they might be in the same place and uh there are people running and wearing helmets they're not the same helmets that we saw in the people running down the corridor in that daily shot not the same helmets in the um uh, in the creature effects workshop so you know, hard to say they don't exactly look like uniforms per se either but it is a rather quick look um, and then we get an explosion with a couple of uh, troopers on wires being uh, lifted up into the air and flying. so that looks like it could be a, a fun action sequence and yeah, uh, wow, what are these guys up to? Like we've already seen flame troopers dousing a village, and now we see uh, all of these troopers doing heaven knows what in a forest and uh, yeah, this is kind of interesting stuff. Um, and then it does a quick dissolve to the helicopter flying over the desert and there's a giant white bubble on the side of the thing. I'm wondering if that is the IMAX camera, which, uh, some of the scenes on Jakku, I guess, were filmed in IMAX. So, uh, nice. It's going to be, oh man, like, <laughs> oh, uh, let's take a breath and just, uh, savor it. Oh man. See how much there's already been in this thing? I mean, so many moments from the movie, and again, this is in a tra- uh, behind-the-scenes video that is already longer than any trailer that we've had by nearly double, basically. Um, we get a a shot of the Millennium Falcon in the open air. There are green hills in the background, and a lot of fighter pilots uh, in in costume along with other folks and then uh, people from the film crew seem to be milling about. Um, this does look like it might be the Greenham Con- Greenham common photos where people uh, had drones flying over this uh, this green space where there were hangars and the falcon was built outside along with some x wings as well. Um, which presumably is why we have X-Wing pilots here, but um, again, this is another situation where I was talking about this in the last episode, where um, we're seeing things that have appeared in spoilers already, and so the conspiracy theorist in me is just starting to pipe up and wonder A, is... Is the stuff that we're getting in the behind-the-scenes thing just the stuff that we've already, you know, gotten spoilers and and that sort of thing about? So it's not really giving the spoilerific folks anything new. Um, it's just giving, um, it's just giving them basically what they already knew about, uh, and still keeping a lot of the stuff that hasn't been spoiled yet secret, or does it go a step further? And <laughs> is the, uh, the Abrams camp actually springing some of these leaks themselves, uh, without the rest of us, you know, wittingly knowing it and then giving us the, the actual official looks at them? I don't know. Uh, but we get, a, uh, dissolved R2, and then to C-3PO in what looks to be a map room, and you get a better look at his left arm, and indeed, it is not a gold arm, it is, uh, it looks to be a deep red, and there was actually a, a photo that somebody took of a, of a tumbler, like a plastic tumbler in Mexico that made the rounds, and it had pictures of, characters from the force awakens on it and included c-3po with that arm so this was a couple months ago so again like another weird spoilery thing that just got <laughs> that just got revealed for official's sake in this behind the scenes video and then we have a uh, brief interview with uh Leeson and that's possibly taking place uh in his star killer base that we heard about at San Diego Comic Con, where he lets slip uh, that his General Hux character is in charge of a Star Killer base, and we get very slow looks at a Mon Calamari head and a Celestine head, and I gotta—I mean, you know—we only know really from the from the movies themselves. We only really know Nine Num and Ten Num uh, as uh, Celestines, and. I mean, obviously there are more Mon Calamari, but is it Admiral Akbar? Could he possibly still be around? How exciting would that be? And there were a couple of, uh, shall we say, promotional photos that made the rounds in uh, in spoiler territory. One of them had Greg Grunberg's character pictured, and another one had a Mon Calamari person, um, and another one had a, a Sullustan. In there, and there were comments as to who those characters might actually be. So again, dig through spoilers if you want to do it. We're keeping it non-spoiler here, Uh, but more familiar faces here, which is kind of awesome in in its way, even if they are not necessarily the same people we're used to. It's familiar races, I guess I should say. And then we get our first look at the fifth person in the fab six princess leia we have leia now in costume and again there have been a couple of photos that have leaked of her in costume so now we get her in costume and it looks like she's in wherever c-3po was earlier um, with that map thing in the background um, it's been referred to as the map room inside uh, rumor and spoiler land i can only presume that this must be the map room that they are talking about and i guess i should say that c-3po then is officially the fourth of the fab six to have been revealed uh and was revealed during this particular behind the scenes video the only person who's left that we haven't yet seen is luke he is not shown up in any of the uh, you know, of these behind the scenes videos of the trailers or whatever i know i played you a snippet from mark hamill talking but that was just mark hamill not in not being shown in character as luke so yeah, we still have a you know mysterious reveal to to get to with Luke, which is you know I'm wondering when they are going to give that to us or if they're even going to give that to us. Um, we have Poe Dameron also um, in the uh, in a little brief interview snippet, and he seems to be in that same uh, rebel base area. But you know you can do these interviews anywhere, so it doesn't necessarily imply that he is um, you know, that he is part of that scene, but. I mean, he's a resistance fighter, like we know that for sure, so good chance that he may actually have been on set there. And then we get to see the wonderful Warwick Davis talking to a, an alien who looks like a cross between uh <laughs> a Darth a furry Darth Vader minion <laughs> for lack of a better way of putting it. Um and if this is an actual known alien in the universe then I apologize for my uh, for my lack of awareness of it, but Um, What a treat to see him on set, Warwick Davis. And then we see uh, Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams looking at some sort of replay, and we can't quite make out what that is. So if you have a better look at it or you look at it and you are clued into what might possibly be there, um, then let us know. Um, Finally, uh, we get Anthony Daniels looking around on a set. And it looks like it could be the inside of the Millennium Falcon because the uh, right-hand side of the screen is showing something that could be the acceleration couch, where everybody um, sits, where everybody sits down. But you know, Tony Daniels not in costumes, just looking around the place, which I imagine probably a lot of the actors were doing when they uh, explored the sets and whatnot. And the very last shot that we get is a shot from the interior of the Millennium Falcon cockpit and outside of it is J.J. Abrams talking to Harrison Ford and Daisy Ridley and John Boyega who are all in the cockpit and once again there's been concept art of this leaked, and then there was a photo of this leaked from the uh, from the front side, where you could actually see the characters' faces. Uh, but this shot only shows Abrams' face, and you see the backs of the heads of the three actors, with uh, Han in his customary seat in the in the cockpit, with Daisy Ridley in what would normally be Chewie's seat, and John Boyega in one of the two back seats. So that's everything she wrote. Now we know that um, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega somehow connect. To Han Solo for some reason, but we again don't know how or why. Um, whether this is part of the you know Chewie were home thing, um, but it's kind of hard to see why Daisy Ridley would be in Chewie's seat in this particular instance. But um, so again, may not happen uh, one right after the other or anything like that. But there's a lot of meat in this trailer for us in terms of the actual. Video shots uh, that we've seen. I mean, compare this to the two trailers that we've gotten where it's just been brief glances at different things. Um, I mean, probably no less brief in the different glances that we're given, but we're given so much more information um, to chew on. And yet, still nothing necessarily about the story itself. So that uh, still remains for us non spoiler folks a bit of a mystery for people in Rumor and Spoiler Land. You know, I've been reading the rumors and spoilers, and I, I, it sounds like a lot of the plot has been pieced together, and yet, it still sounds like there's a lot that people don't know and don't yet understand, and that if you, even if you read that, chances are you're going to be surprised by what you see in the movie, at least. It's, it sure seems like that to me. I've had a couple instances where, in prepping for the podcast for the weekly updates on The Force Awakens, I've kind <laughs> i've kind of read stories where like i kind of you know look at it but i'm almost not looking at it it's almost like when you're watching a horror movie and you don't want to watch the horror movie but there's a part of you that just kind of wants to like sneak a peek at it and the like, guy can't watch it i kind of want to see but i can't watch it so yeah there's still a lot of mystery left and i think there will continue to be even as we get more information about the movie And as we get closer to Force Friday, which is probably the next big set of official reveals that we're going to get, it sounds like, at this point. So with that, we are going to wrap up our extended episode breaking down the -the behind-the-scenes video, the Comic-Con reel, if you will, of Star Wars The Force Awakens. So thank you very much for staying with us for this extended episode, and we'll be back to our lovely seven-minute format tomorrow. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you go blasting your way out of Mos Eisley, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans, become a patron of the show at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not an Imperial spy, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2015 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching.